every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Shot a banjo over here. He looks hilarious. <laughs> okay, we're back. I had a phone call. I can't. Are we on? <laughs> Are we on the it's air? Dead air? No, we're dead air! Doctor Esteban! Another year, and I still can't find a new co-host. No! No matter no what I do, I look everywhere. I get paid too much to quit. I guess. Too much to quit, Dr. Esteban right. Marconi. September 2018. Who would have known when we started in January of... Year of our Lord, Ben, 2014. Ben, gross, genius. Yeah. How do you say 2014 in Espanol? In Espanol. Jesus, why don't you ask Nacovar over dos here? Dos mil y uh, catorce? Si. Si. Dos mil y catorce. And this year is dos mil y dieciocho. So welcome exactly. uh, back to everyone. Welcome back to you, Esteban, and doctor. you too. How was your summer? You two had As a great summer. They played a lot of sheds. seen you at all. No, nobody has seen me at all. Right. That's right. And, another uh, year. I know, another year. By the way, we are live streaming this on the Instagram Social media platforms. So go to they go to Ashley Weltner. What is our thing? It's uh, Music Biz 101 WP. But use that at sign and go to Instagram and watch us right now. Or you're listening. So listen live if you're streaming. Hey, how are you? This is also a podcast, Doctor Stavon. GoBrave.org. GoBrave.org for heaven's sakes. And we should uh, let you know that uh, every week you should be checking out our newsletter. Go to. Uh, MusicBiz101WP.com. You can tell we're slightly rusty, Ashley Weltner, who is engineer. Engineer Ashley Weltner, the engineer, jumping on the train and driving it to money I don't town. think she's rusty. No, Ashley's not well. I mean, it's great that she does not have a microphone tonight. Yes. We also have uh, Taylor Turner. We have a student co-host, Double T, T-squared, Taylor Turner. Yes, Taylor Turner is holding the uh, live Instagram feed, and not once has she pointed it toward me. Good. <laughs> and she's still not pointing it toward me. So Why? I don't want to say I'm upset publicly. Right. And now I'm there. <laughs> now I'm pointing. Now I'm waving. I'm loving the Instagram feed. So uh, everybody should know we have Dr. Esteban. The dog. Yeah, make sure. We also do have a dog in studio. Yes. We have yeah. a dog in studio, and his name is Banjo. And speaking of banjos, Ashley, what do we got regarding banjos? And there we go. So that's a little okay. bit of banjo there. But my next question, Ashley Weltner, as you go to the next one, is was there was a film, I believe it came out in 1991 or 92, called Just Cause, star okay. starring Sean Connery. Connery. Yeah. And Sean Connery said this line. If that's a confession, my ass is a banjo. He said, if that's a confession, my ass is a banjo. <laughs> and so I just want to make sure that banjo is not a, a tuchus. A confession or an ass. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's, uh, he's just a dog. Right, he's just a dog. Banjo is just a banjo is a Rottweiler. We'll get plenty of pictures of just banjo. That's right. That's right. That's right. So uh, Ben Gross, Ben Gross is chief strategic officer of Genius. Is the company right. Genius LLC, Genius Inc., it's Genius Genius Media Group, comma Inc. Period. Comma Inc. Period. That's okay. the you got it. You actually have to write it exactly like that on some certain documents. Okay. So and, yeah. and you're a lawyer, so we're. I am get a lawyer. Your, That's why I, uh, my banter is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We we love having the lawyers on. Oh, and that means we also have another guest. Her name is Nat 
Guevara. I rolled the R, Nat. Oh, there's no microphone over there? No, no. So Nat is going to share with you and do a little bending. Nat uh, is head of multi-platform, correct, Amundo? Indeed. So I work very closely with Ben on a bunch of our uh, strategic partnerships. I know that sounds very fancy, but it's basically anytime you see Genius out in the world and it's not literally on Genius.com, maybe you're seeing it on Spotify, maybe you're seeing it on YouTube, um, that's what we work on together. And I also run communications at Genius, so I'm technically here to make sure Ben and doesn't say anything he's not supposed to but i'll let <laughs> him go. i'll let him be very good candid luck. that's right yeah. that's <laughs> the lawyer <laughs> making sure i'm really not a very good lawyer apparently no, so. so uh so dr esteban why don't you begin with the third degree do you want you, you mean want... you're not going to well i could do that thank uh, we, we should do you mind if we give a little bit of thanks and, uh, i think that sounds wonderful okay I mean, you put us in a uh, yeah i know so ben and carry ben on and Adderberg, so carry on and uh carry grant so we want to give thanks to the folks at vanda and bruno inc and white hat management with artists like dave matthews mm -hmm. not charlie puff anymore <gasps> charlie Puth? Puth. is puff I, I, I <laughs> yeah, um, I've been here long. well now he's charlie puff um <laughs> But uh, with artists like Dave Matthews, Kiss, Three Doors Down, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com. <laughs> when it's best for you, we're not going to force you to go. We're not going to force you to go, Ben. We're not like that. Not on Music Feeds 101 and more. Brave new radio, number one pop radio station in the universe. <laughs> Meanwhile, we also want to give thanks to Christine Vey. Uh -huh. A wealth manager. And by the way, this is going to be very... Today is Yom Kippur. Yeah, well, it was. Was. Now it's, it's over. Sundown, it's over. So now it's Sunday. So now it's just any other day. Did you fast? Oh. Right. Yeah. Mm, no. He had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he fasted uh, last night when he slept. But speaking of Yom Kippur, we want to give thanks to Christine Vey, a wealth manager, president of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals, William Patterson, manage our investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, if you have questions on anything for investments, portfolio management, or insurance retirement planning, give Christine a call at 732. Repeat after me. 732. Got it. 455. 455. 455. 455. Got it. 1510. 1510. Marconi, you can email her at Christine at veywell.com. <laughs> Leave the last oi off for savings. That is that is it. <laughs> we have, no, oh, our book. Ben, you should know about our book. Nat Guevara, you should know about our book, Managing Your Band, 6th edition. It is out. She gave us some great genius swag. We did not give them books. We don't True. Have any yeah, so we gave you, yeah, that's right. Any, uh, and we made no money from that book, but... <laughs> One day we will we'll give you free advice That's good about enough. managing yeah. your band. Cause we'll you guys yeah. can keep the towels. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So uh, managing your band, 6th edition, no, out we'll now. Go sure to backwingstore.com. There we go. So Dr. Esteban, yes. why don't you ask Ben and Nat some questions that are eating at you? Uh, okay. What is it? What is Genius, wow. comma, media? The Genius Media Group, comma, comma Inc. Inc. Period. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question, and you know, Genius has been around for a long time, so it's it's evolved quite mm -hmm. a bit. Uh, <clears throat> Genius has been around longer than people realize. Uh, Genius started in 2009, so I don't know that. Where were you in 2009? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fifth grade. Okay, so, <laughs> so Genius started in 2009. Started as uh, as Rap Genius. Uh, still sometimes known that way, although we really Nat's been doing a lot of work to make sure that people understand Genius's just genius now but uh but genius stars rap genius it was a kind of an art project it was just a bunch of friends 
arguing about the meaning of uh, Cameron lyrics originally, uh, and that one of them, Tom, uh, Tom Lehman, was an engineer, and he was like, there should be a better way, classic startup story, and, and started to, and built a, a tool to let sort of friends collaborate to upload lyrics onto, onto a website and then highlight any lyric and, uh, and then explain it and you know explain the context the references anything uh the samples or the beef that it was related to or any, anything behind the music and uh and each annotation turned into a a little wikipedia page so it became a collaborative annotation where any mm -hmm. fans could work together or more realistically argue and fight about what something meant what a reference was it's not a reference to that it's a reference to something else mm -hmm. uh and that was sort of the most basic idea and it was just sort of a fun project sort of a side project where they, you know friends uh, were started using it it was a small group originally it just it turned out there was a much bigger pent-up demand for this conversation uh, about music than anyone realized and mm -hmm. so the site grew incredibly fast uh, and sort of the big watershed moment for the site was when artists started to notice and so artists started to see that this was where their most obsessed fans were congregating to spend hours researching and writing and fighting about the meaning of their music. And so artists thought, this is a place to connect. Mm -hmm. And so uh, artists started to contribute. And the first uh, artist to have a verified account on Genius, which is just like Twitter where you, you know, an artist can have a, a verified account as long as you prove you are who you are, you get mm -hmm. a special treatment, and mm -hmm. then your contributions get highlighted as this guy knows what he's talking about. And so the first artist ever to contribute to Genius was Nas. And... Uh, and that was a big deal to a lot of fans mm -hmm. of hip-hop music and of Nas in particular. And so that really caused it. It gave permission to more artists to participate, uh, more people getting involved, and the site really blew up to the point now where we get 100 million people come to the site globally every month. Wow. And uh, a lot of people. And sort of in the last couple of years, the, site, the company has evolved a lot, and it's become, we built on top of this sort of technology platform and community platform, we built a media company. And so now... We create, uh, we bring that sort of genius experience to all the places people are experiencing music. So it's not just on genius.com. You can, uh, we have these video series that we stood up, uh, these franchises that are primarily on YouTube but are all over the place where artists are explaining their lyrics on camera and breaking down, producers are breaking down how they make beats, music mm -hmm. video directors are breaking down how they make music videos. Uh, we have uh, an experience in Spotify called Behind the Lyrics. So when you're listening yeah. to the song in Spotify, you can get. Uh, the genius sort of uh, background and uh, and uh, you know dossier on the song uh, whenever you want, mm -hmm. and uh, and then we and we start doing events, and so we just had our big biggest event. Two chains headlined the genius community IQ barbecue at our office in Brooklyn, where we've got a four or five hundred person event venue. Really, we can actually have fifteen hundred people there when you include the outside, and it was a big party. And so like now we're doing all this other stuff, and you know genius is really just about. Uh, providing a uh, home for music fans who want to dig deeper into the music they love. And so that was a long answer, but that's sort right. of history, short history and, uh, and current state of genius as it stands so, today. So basically it was fans giving their opinion on the lyrics and some people saying, no, it's not that, it's this, in the beginning. Yeah. It's not that, it's this. No, it's this. But no scholarly um, effort in terms of uh, this is the reason why with some sort of a legitimate background or basically just really opinions well really early on it, even early on definitely there was more of that early on where it was just someone just saying i think that this is about 
love. Right, <laughs> but right. uh, but very early on, that we we implemented a uh, a point system. So you get points for good contributions that other people think are actually like. Uh, have a foundation and that that are that are actually connected to some you know research or some something mm-hmm, that actually mm-hmm. like gives a basis for what you're saying we call the points iq we call our scholars. users yeah. and so people sort of compete to be the top scholar of the music that they care about of you know be the top eminem scholar the top Nas scholar and uh you get points for good contributions and good contributions are ones that are you know well researched and where someone can say well Nas said in a Rolling Stone interview in 1994 yeah. that this was about the Queensbridge houses and that's uh, what mm-hmm. you know that's what this references in this track and so like you get more points for that and so it evolved it evolved that direction right. but so did artists then start contributing to to clarify or to um, legitimize somebody's opinion or one person's opinion sure. when someone else would say no it's sure. not that it's this and then the artist stepped in and said. No, it's actually this. Yeah. So we have artists can contribute just fresh content where they explain and tell stories that nobody knows, but there's another thing they can do, which is honestly one of my favorite things, which is cosign an annotation, uh, which is what you're you're sort of describing, yeah, where an artist yeah. can come through and say, This is right. This is exactly what I meant. Like this has my blessing as the interpretation of this of this lyric or of this part of the song. And uh and that's like a huge moment for a fan when, you know, so one artist who's done a lot of this is Eminem. Mm. And he'll he'll sometimes instead of contributing, he'll just come on, read a bunch of annotations on his tracks, and find the ones he thinks are uh, are good, and he'll co-sign them. And if you're an Eminem fan, having Eminem come over and say, yeah, give you a sort of pat on the back for your uh, your interpretation right. is pretty exciting. Does he do that voluntarily, or does he work with you guys? Uh, we just we 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 sort of tie him up and we drag him. <laughs> it's <a> totally involuntary. <laughs> the dog uh, yeah. No, yeah, no. It's it, actually it's. We work with artists in a lot of different ways, but Eminem's an interesting one in that most of his contributions to Genius are completely what we call self-serve, mm-hmm. meaning like he's logging in with Paul, who Paul Rosenberg, who we who's a great friend of Genius uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. One of them is sort of logging into their his account, mm-hmm. and he's doing he's doing it without our intervention. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists who we work with are coming to the office to sort of shoot video with us, create content, uh, you know, that that lives somewhere in the Genius universe, and that's sort of how we connect to them so it's in a more sort of curated editorial way but artists Eminem's an example of an artist who just does stuff another like there's a few like that like Rivers Cuomo does a lot of his own mm-hmm. stuff I was about to I was about well, to do it, it. Yeah, you but I, I'm not supposed to say where's good. the list we were talking earlier about the words was, you can and cannot say I was about to read this list problems. out loud yeah. <laughs> all right well okay those fines it says you'll get right. fined more than your tuition if you say these words. <laughs> so, right. uh, is it, it, it's primarily hip-hop, but is, has it stretched like to... I'm just envisioning somebody dissecting a, a country lyric. Sure. Or dissecting or Taylor Beatles Swift, or, yeah. which they've done many times with Taylor Swift with boyfriends and so on. And, Absolutely. And so on. Yeah, no, it started, and that's why it was called Rap Genius, is very focused on hip-hop, but it was very quickly not just hip-hop because mm-hmm. it turns out it makes sense to start with hip-hop because hip-hop is the most sort of uh it, close reading just makes it's so much sense for hip-hop it's so poetry on, yeah. it's yeah. so it's so right. dense it's so meaningful but you know there is a, there's still a, an effort that can be made to really get you deeper into pop music and uh and country music and uh rock music and classics and everything and so the site spans now everything you can mm-hmm. find you can go on Taylor Swift, absolutely. As soon as she drops a record, there's a ton of annotations and people uh, explaining what uh, what what's going on in her music. But you can go on, you know, 
Springsteen, you can go in all of yeah. Nebraska and you'll find uh, annotations uh, across across his catalog. Mm -hmm. So, so how did you everything. get started in it? That's a good question. I so the 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 guys who started the company, uh, two friends who went to college together. Uh, I knew before they started the company. I knew when they were sort of uh, they were. One was at working at a hedge fund, and one was working at Google, and they sort of didn't like their jobs that much, and they were, were trying to be entrepreneurs, and they started a, uh, a sheets company. They were sort of ahead of their time. They started a company selling sheets, bed sheets. Okay. And it was like one – their idea was like, we're going to source the best bed sheet. We're going to sell one kind of sheet that – you know, different sizes, and that's it. You just simple. You go to the website, buy the sheet. You're all set. So it's it kind of like what now is known in the sort of startup world is like the Casper model. You know, uh -huh. where it's like, you want a mattress, go to Casper, buy the mattress. All right. But they were doing this like 10 years before Casper and nobody cared. Uh -huh. And uh, and it, it was called Bomb Sheets. And it, anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going on about that. But I, I knew them But when they were sort of doing that stuff. I was, this is a convoluted way. I was friends with people they went to college with, I went to law school with, and we all met in England, actually. And then I was doing all kinds of strange stuff after law school. I was doing urban policy. And I was working on building buildings in New Haven. And they, uh, and... Alan, one of the founders, called me, uh, I guess, in 2013. At the end of 2013, he was just like, we got a lot of problems. You want to come help solve them? <laughs> and uh, and so that that was sort of it. And, like, that that, that was right as we the company was really maturing into a real company. We were operating out of a bunch of apartments in Williamsburg for, for years, mm -hmm. uh, residential apartments. And so we needed to get a real office. We were also operating at the beginning of the company, was operating without any uh licenses for lyrics display mm. and we were just getting sort of attention for that from the <laughs> publishers <I'm sure. laughs> and uh actually it was like my second week i think of work and i was our general i joined as our general counsel and uh uh the nmpa the national music this yeah. is an insidery world right so yeah. people know the nmpa is yeah. the national music publishers association representing music publishers and uh their trade organization run by a wonderful guy david israelite who i'm mm -hmm. sure you guys know uh, and David had a press conference my second week at Genius where he identified uh, Genius, Rap Genius at the time as like public enemy number one <laughs> for like infringing mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so like that was sort of my introduction to okay we gotta we gotta work on this and then you know we've gone from hyper adversarial uh, relationship with the with the publishers to a super productive collaborative relationship uh, mm -hmm. as we've you know sorted out how our business works how we work with them right it's a great idea but the I guess the big question you would ask today of course is how do you monetize this sure yeah no it's a question God we ask ourselves all the time <laughs> uh, right. yeah no you know we we had the luxury of being able to build our audience and our platform and our product for a while without having to sort of figure out how to turn it into money uh, in a kind of mercenary way, mm -hmm. because we had we were blessed with you know very understanding and uh, more visionary investors, mm -hmm. and uh, and so we we were able to build the company for a while, and it was only in the last couple of years that we've really started to build the the business around the company, and the way it's it's there's no real surprises in how it works. But we have a giant website that gets 100 million people are coming globally every month. So that's a big audience. So there's, yeah, that's an audience that advertisers want to reach. And it's an interesting audience. It's a young, uh, very focused on a particular topic music audience that's 
tends to actually be really affluent and uh, comparatively and uh, and really split down the line between men and women. It's just like a desirable audience. So we work with brands to to build programs to reach our audience in a way that's not going to annoy them and that's not going to that's actually going to be additive mm-hmm. ideally. Mm-hmm. So we. So brands come to us and they say, okay, we want to reach, you guys have a cool audience. We want to, you know, we want to talk to them about our shoes. And so they can put ads on our website, fine, but we'll also get an artist to, uh, we'll get, like, if, if uh, the example actually jumps to mind is, like, if a t- with FX was releasing a TV show about the sort of uh, introduction of crack into into L.A. in the 80s, the snowfall. It's actually a pretty good show. And, mm-hmm. uh, and like, they wanted to to call attention to the show on Genius. They thought our audience would like it. And so what we did is we did regular advertising and stuff like that. But then we also made a video where we got Ice-T and DMC and a few other folks to uh, to talk about sort of the birth of reality rap, like the, the transition of of, uh, of hip-hop from party music into this more, like, gritty storytelling uh, mm-hmm. that really happened in L.A. right at the same time as the, the show was telling the stories that the, the show was trying to tell. And so this was, like, a piece of content that, our audience cared about and mm-hmm. so they uh and so that's what we did they pay us for that we uh do events we do videos we do ads on the website and you know that's the bulk of our business and merch too right you saw we merch. do merch we mm-hmm. also do business with the streaming services we have a relationship with with spotify and we're always working on sort of new products for streaming we do events but the bulk of our business right now is 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 working with brands mm-hmm mm-hmm DMC is one of our friends, by the way, too. He lives here in Wayne. No kidding. DMC, we're talking about Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC. Yeah, yes, and right. he's actually performed with us on campus a couple times as yeah, he's well. Been a good friend. Yeah, that's great, cool. great guy. Great he was, guy. Very nice guy. He was great in this video. Yeah. <laughs> so, where do you see? Uh, is there a vision? Sure. To expand or contract? <laughs> God, well, we got better decide. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think we think that. Right now, there's a uh, there's sort of a vacuum in uh, having an authoritative music media company. You know, I think that there was a sort of throne that was once occupied in a relatively uh, impressive way by MTV. You know, in the in the sort of the heyday of cable television, uh, where that was the authority on, on on music, both you know from a news perspective, from a digging deeper perspective, from a you know from mm-hmm. an all sort of music media perspective, that was the go-to place. We think that it's, the world has become very balkanized, and that a lot of the brands that are talking about music and media companies that are talking about music are doing it as a kind of like part of a lifestyle play or something. Where mm-hmm. you know it's like when you look at some of these companies, they're like. It's like music. We're interested in music and sneakers and clothes and other stuff. And like we're and we're interested in like gossip and we're interested in like we don't think there's anybody who's really just like we are about music. We're about taking music seriously as art and uh, and like a real home for fans who really care about the music and want to talk about it. And our uh, and we think there's just a tremendous demand for that. And so like we think we can uh, we can really become the authoritative voice in music, uh, the number one voice in music uh, for the digital era. And by if we can really build out all these aspects of our business, not just our site, but our, uh, you know, video operation that mm-hmm. could expand into television, into movies, and we can build out our events operation into bigger things than we do now, into festival uh, level stuff where we're bringing that voice genius experience where it's like, what does genius look like at a concert? 
where it's not just a concert, but it's a concert where you really get deeper into the music. You get to actually, uh, it's not just like going to any other festival. And like, mm -hmm. and then what can we can we bring genius? Can it become part of the streaming experience where people expect it? You know, where it's like Intel inside, where people want, want they want a track that's genius powered because you know you're going to get uh, all of this extra, this richer experience. And yeah. so, yeah, we think that it, there's a real opportunity for that. And so, like, we're that's what we're building toward. We have a pretty clear vision of what we want to do, and now it's really just a question of can we build the team uh, and execute. What do you, just going off of that real quick, just because one of your board of directors is a guy named Steve Stout. That's right. Who's from a company called Translation. I, think, I don't know if it's Translation Media or Translation... It's Translation LLC. L as long as we're talking, about, we're talking about legal names of companies right, right, here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, he has a relationship originally with Interscope, and when yeah. I was at the Universal yeah. Music Group, we actually yeah, sure. did some stuff with Steve. Yeah. And he would be great for this show one day as well. But uh, he uh, is was one of the pioneers of all this kind of combining music and brands and he's Absolutely. been doing it for 20 plus years mm -hmm. so i would think as a board member he's giving you guys enough yeah. uh, uh expertise about that to help you guys get over the humps and figure some of this stuff out yeah absolutely yeah. we're super excited to have steve join the board for that exact reason he is the expert on uh -huh. like one of the pioneers pioneers in this and translation has done so much cool stuff that's actually that's not lame that's really you know authentic mm -hmm. and people like and uh, and so yeah, Steve has been an unbelievable, unbelievable help. He was sort of the first guy at the first board meeting, board meeting he came to. I remember he was just like, "This is a media company," and we were like, "Oh, <laughs> thanks, Steve." Yes, we are. Right. <laughs> well, it's uh, what I was going to say before. It's very interesting that now when any service is put on a music show, it's sort of like it's a special event, you know, that that they're diving into this, and I guess from my era too in the 70s and so on it evolved out of rolling stone and rolling stone became sort of the authority yep. for quite quite a while and then mtv came in now mtv has really very little relevance so uh i could see a a company that is just specifically centering on music and centering it in in a serious way yep um i find discussions in in classes uh, there are more people that are serious uh, in terms of the the way the discussion's going and so on. Yet you could tell that they did research. It's just not saying, "Oh, he's whatever," and so on and so forth. Sure. So I think you're right. Whether it's affluency or not, I don't you know yeah. know the demographic, but it certainly is a. Um, it seems like there's a spot for it now, mm -hmm. uh, in you know in this era. Uh, I'd just be really. I'd love to see some of the, um, well, I will. I'll go to the website and look at some of the um, some of the dialogue about country music and sure. country lyrics and so on because that has always been, you know, so thoughtful and those lyrics have always beginning, been beginning, a middle, and an end. The lyrics and, and so on, and the stories were always so real. There's a lot of verified country artists on Genius, actually. It surprises people. Blake Shelton has contributed a lot of annotations. Uh -huh. Dirk Bentley is contribute a lot of annotations to genius other folks i know we've been talking also to um to casey musgraves are you mm -hmm. guys familiar yes. with her mm -hmm. so she's an interesting artist because she's very progressive in her yeah. lyrics and she's you know talking about things that aren't the norm in country music and she has a ton of fans on genius and that's something that her team is aware of so they're kind of figuring out okay when can we get her in to break down her latest single right. and we're going to be really excited when that yeah. happens yeah 
Now, Rolling Stone got very political. I mean, right. not just the, the, the politics in the lyrics, but very political. Do you guys have any uh, intentions of entertaining that? or It's an interesting question. You know, there, there was a... The, the sort of history of genius actually is, even though I gave that super long answer, it actually is even more complicated than that. And, there, and so like the, the 25th song song uploaded to Genius was an Emily Dickinson poem. Mm. You know, because you could, you could upload any text and annotate it. And so any text that was sort of would benefit from close reading, people would, would upload. Mm -hmm. And so people started uploading the Federalist Papers. People started uploading the, the Constitution. Every Shakespeare play is on Genius and is super well annotated. Yeah. Every line of every Shakespeare play, I think, oh. has an annotation on Genius. It's incredible. Classes have been built around, like, uh, annotating, you know, uh, Macbeth on Genius or, you know, mm -hmm. a certain uh, few scenes or something. And, uh, and so there's always been this appetite that people were uploading, you know, Thomas Friedman op-eds and, you know, mm -hmm. telling him he was an idiot or whatever on Genius. It was, uh, people were doing all kinds of stuff. And we... Uh, and at one point, we responded to that, and we built a tool called the Web Annotator to let you annotate any web page and add context to any web page uh, in a sort of collaborative way, in a similar way to, to Genius as Genius exists now. Uh, and the actual number one user of that tool, to this day, it's still in use. We don't get to sort of spend as much time with it as we want to because we're so focused on music and you just got to stay focused, but mm -hmm. uh, is the Washington Post. Uh -huh. And the Washington Post uses it almost every time Trump gives a press conference or an interview uh, or, you know, when he did his phone call with Woodward that, you know, came out the uh -huh. other day, uh -huh. uh, they transcribe it and their reporters go in and annotate it and explain uh, what is actually going on, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of Trump content needs uh -huh. is that then, so Is that then housed on the Genius website? No. Or it's, it's, it's like a widget Post. and com. it's on the Washington exactly. Post. Uh -huh. Exactly. But, uh, and so, like, I guess, you know, we don't have any imminent intentions of, like, starting to do political commentary on Genius, but I think that there's something sort of inherently uh, politically valuable, at least, about close reading and about providing context. Right. And so uh, we, we, it's, I think it's great that we are able to facilitate that, even if we can't, it's not a major focus of what we're trying to do as a business. Well, the, well, the concern would be, let's say you did go political, would, would be kind of what happened to Facebook in the 2016 election, and you know, in terms of you getting people going on and putting up, you know, sure. ha quote unquote fake news. Sure. Um, now, Wikipedia has uh, people go up and like if I put up on Wikipedia that I can't, uh, that Daryl McDan DMC is dead. Right. Um, that'll be big news for like half an hour until the editors of Wikipedia will say no, he's not. You That'd know, be quicker will, than that. Yeah. 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 They're fast on Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, do you guys, how do you recognize sure. when there's information that's incorrect? Because it is yeah. crowdsourcing, Absolutely. basically, which is cool. But is there a policing yeah. effect? No, that? so that's a great question. And, you know, Wikipedia is one of the, like, principal, if not the principal inspiration for Genius. So, like, mm -hmm. we took a lot of... Uh, it almost seems like they missed they miss the boat. They could have done this as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, in some ways, I mean, Wikipedia, Wikipedia is doing something very special. And we, I think, yeah. you know, like, Wikipedia has done as created the the probably the greatest thing result of the internet is wikipedia in my opinion mm -hmm. but that's it's sort of a different uh, yeah. conversation but like mm -hmm. uh wikipedia has a community of editors and moderators and people with different roles who are able to uh, have different privileges and get notified like you were saying when people make changes to popular pages uh and are able to revert them and lock them and all these things and we we've built a very similar infrastructure and community on genius where 
There is a community of volunteer editors. There are thousands of them. Uh, and those are the, they have a certain level of privilege to be able to edit stuff, to revert edits. Uh, and then we have a community of moderators. There are hundreds of them who are the best editors who, uh, who are able to create new editors, to resolve disputes, to do a lot of the kind of things that go on in, in any kind of like really rich crowdsourced community. And then we have a community team of full-time staff that actually mostly has been hired from our active community of users on the website. Uh, so the most committed and you know talented genius users have actually come in-house and work for us full-time, working, making moderators, managing the community, making sure that all those that infrastructure is in place. And we built all that communication infrastructure where like if you were to go uh, to like a Drake song and delete all the lyrics and write, you know, something nasty about Drake. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say any of the words. <laughs> and um, that first of all, you couldn't do that as a new user because you wouldn't have the right privileges. But let's say you sort of wormed your way in so you get you 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 got up the privileges you needed and you wiped a drake song and said something terrible about him that would be almost instantly reverted because all of the top drake scholars would be notified like that a major change was made to this track and then they would come in just like on wikipedia and just one click revert to the to the old thing and ban you and you'd be gone and so mm -hmm. it's a similar it's a very similar infrastructure to what you see on wikipedia mm -hmm. so how many people work at the company at the media company just about 90 now I think wow uh, it's about 85 in New York in mm -hmm. Brooklyn and then we've got a few folks in California mostly sales and video folks mm -hmm. and is that full-time everyone in that group is full-time I don't we don't really have many part-time people anymore we used to mm-hmm mm -hmm. I have a actually a very specific question as it relates to rights sure you uh, pay the publishers for the rights to have their lyrics on the website and you have those deals. If I click on a song, um, a YouTube video pops up and I'm listening to the YouTube video. Mm -hmm. So my question is, are you paying the performance rights organizations, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, Global Music Rights, every uh, because for the public performance sure. for that? Or is your argument, it's housed on YouTube's website YouTube is already paying those. You're double dipping when you're asking us to do that. Do you get the question? What a great question. Of course, I do get the question. That's right. a, that's well, a, that's, you should because you're a lawyer. That's, so a, that's, a, <laughs> uh, that's a deep into the, uh, the structure of our licenses question. Our licenses have confidentiality provisions that prevent me from talking about them, but oh, but who cares? I don't Come care. On, ben. The truth is I don't care. So, Nobody's listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a podcast that nobody Yeah, no. I mean, the, the, to, if our publisher friends are listening, they'll forgive me because this is a good question. Uh, the answer is is that we built into all of our licenses with the with the music publishers uh, an acknowledgement from the publishers that we could embed a stream of the song from a licensed uh, DSP. So like digital service provider yeah. is DSP. Yeah, and so uh, YouTube is on that list. Spotify is on that list. Apple Music. Any of these folks that have cleared the rights to the performance rights master and publishing for uh, these songs, we can, as long as it's an, you know an embedded player that is being monetized in the same way as it would be on those platforms natively, uh, then it's just a pass through. So yeah, there's no double dipping. Right. But yeah. we also they were you know very clear that was my dog. <laughs> the snoring. dog just growled. Oh, he's, snoring. That, he's snoring. He's not growling. <laughs> and it doesn't fall under fair use as comment. And what a commentary great and <laughs> another great question. And this is the right radio show to be on. Was that your argument when the when uh, David Israelite and the NMPA were going to you guys and say you owe us money and you're so, saying fair use is a really interesting 
uh, question. And we do, yeah, you know, like you're saying, you know, fair use has some pretty well understood pillars, sort of the amount of the work you're using. We do display all the lyrics, mm -hmm. the uh, commercialization, we do commercialize. But on the other side of it, there's is it a replacement for uh, the consumption of the content elsewhere in right. a monetized way? Right. Uh, that's less true with Genius. Uh, mm -hmm. And is it transformative? And that's sort of what the critical thing. And we are providing a lot of commentary, yeah. and it's, it is a transformative use in a lot of ways. But the reality is, is that uh, while, yeah, Genius has a lot of the hallmarks of fair use, we just, there's so much we want to do with uh, with IP that is controlled by music publishers or by or, or and increasingly by labels that uh, that we want to have productive working relationships in the industry mm -hmm. and not only that as we become you know when we were a tiny company making zero, literally zero dollars uh, there was there was sort of yeah it was just sort of this kind of art projecty fair use type thing <laughs> but we want uh, when we make money off of artists work we want them to get paid mm -hmm. we want them to share in that in that bounty you know we think we're we're out there trying to create new revenue streams for uh creators and like you know as you guys i'm sure know lyrics i, I this is where i whenever i talk about this i use these words so i'm not going to use them <laughs> but lyrics have always been treated quite badly mm -hmm. on the internet Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the digital revolution came very early to lyrics, but in, in a very unsophisticated way. I don't know if you guys remember, but like very early days, just as search engines were coming out, you know, when Webcrawler and AltaVista sort of ruled the day, <laughs> pre-Google, uh, Lycos, some of the yeah, <laughs> some right. Excite. Uh, one of the just number one things, the sort of new things you could do with the Internet and with a search engine in particular was have these lyrics in your head an earworm you heard it on the radio in a store or at a restaurant and you want to figure out what song is that you could search for those lyrics and these lyric sites started to pop up that had yes. the lyrics and that was a really cool innovation but that's basically where it stopped for about 20 years mm -hmm. and those sites became cesspools where there was just crappy spammy virus ads ringtones don't click on this website, pop up, pop under. Yeah. Worst possible experience. Treating lyrics like garbage. And uh, lyrics are actually like an incredibly important and rich part of music culture. And they were being, you know, just sort of like uh, shipped out like a commodity, like pushed out of an airplane in a giant box, you know, it was mm -hmm. like. And, uh, and so that was crazy. Genius really is about trying to solve that, bring sophisticated, uh, treatment and monetization of lyrics give lyrics respect they deserve and a big part of that is making sure that artists who are creating those lyrics are compensated when we figure out cool ways to monetize lyrics we're not trying to you know we we want to we want to share in that so it's like yes we could be out there uh making fair use defenses for for everything we do probably but but mm -hmm. we don't and like for certain things we do we we do like we have a news show where we actually literally sit down and you know like have a news anchor break down a controversy related to a specific lyric and that is just news and mm -hmm. so we do believe that's fair mm -hmm. use but like the, the for the vast majority of what we do we we uh we want if we're making money off it and we're making money off of the the, the sort of hard creative work of artists we want them to share in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we should uh have uh, a tweet. tweet yeah i'll hold that for you 
Taylor Turner is going to read a tweet to you. Hi, Taylor. It's good to have you. Hi. Pierre Casso says, would you say Genius helps progress understanding of music? And do you think its accessibility to lyrics and records is a contributor to the highly saturated music scene? Thank you, Taylor. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. I think Genius <laughs> contributes, uh, contributes a lot to to the conversation around music and we hope it elevates it a little bit you know we think that when you can organize uh one way we've thought about this just in a really abstract way is uh that gene just the nature of genius that we're providing a forum for inline conversations about music where you have to attach what you want to say to a specific lyric mm -hmm. and there's other places you can contribute but that's sort of the principal original uh format just elevates the conversation versus like a comments thread so, like, if you imagine, this is why we thought annotation, and we still think annotation is great for all texts. Like, when you have an article about something and you just let people dump comments at the bottom, it turns into a real cesspool. Again, I'm <laughs> stopping myself. Uh, pretty quickly. Uh, and we think that th that's attributable to a lot of things, anonymity, just the nature of the Internet, people being f idiots. But it's like, uh, but part of it is that like people aren't forced to anchor their thoughts to something specific and so they can just vent. And mm -hmm. so similarly, when you're talking about music, when you force someone to say, like, what I want to say something about this line, they're more likely to say something interesting and specific than if they're just like, I'm going to sound off on this song or artist generically. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. so, Very true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another, another tweet. This is amazing. Isn't it great? I love this. People are listening. <laughs> Sam asks, was Genius the only behind the lyrics company that was interested in teaming up with Spotify? Were there multiple companies lined up or was the offer only given to Genius? Excellent question, Sam. Um, there is, you, you guys asked me when we walked in, like, who else is doing what we're doing? And I think the reality is, there's, there. of course we would say this, but I genuinely think there's not a lot of companies doing I don't think there are any companies doing what Genius does. Mm -hmm. And so there really wasn't any other company in a position to do what Genius does on Spotify. There are obviously a lot of, not a lot, but there are a few companies that, that provide lyrics in a B2B way uh, to streaming services. Uh, Genius is one of them, but uh, there is no one else who's out there food. behind the lyrics experience, which is a lot richer than just mm -hmm. lyrics. It's lyric mm -hmm. snippets plus you know, facts about the song, plus snippets from interviews with the artists that we've done. And uh, putting that all in together to try and create this sort of most interesting thing you would want to see and read while you're listening to the song. It's like the ultimate subway or toilet experience. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. it's one way to look at it. And, uh, and so, yeah, no, you know, the answer is no, not really. Uh, the, you know, that was a, a collaboration that came out of uh, folks at Spotify being big fans of Genius in general and just us working together in a very sort of collaborative, iterative way to come up with a product that took advantage of what we both mm -hmm. do well. It seems that Shazam missed the boat, too. They could have done something like this because they got into the identification. Sure. Yeah. So on thing. And, you I, know, they just weren't thinking as, as broadly. Well, it's funny. You know, I think that they, they were thinking about it a little bit. Years ago, I, I met uh, some, some folks from Shazam who were sort of running their product organization. At, I think it was at South By. And, uh, and one of them, I don't think he's there anymore now. It's acquired by Apple and they're doing mm -hmm. a whole other thing. But, one of the things he said to me, he wanted us to collaborate, and I was into it, because uh, he was like, should people use Shazam to figure out uh, what a song is? What song is this? But people, we, we love the idea of people also being able to find out what does this song mean? What is this about? Mm -hmm. When you say, so when you Shazam a song, could you also get find out not just this is, you know, 
blank space or whatever, but you and can you be can like, buy what is it? Want yeah, it, yeah, but it's like, what is this? What is the deal with the song? What are the lyrics? What are they and they they did build lyrics into Shazam. I'm sure they're still there, uh, but they we we never were able to really spin up something deeper. But it's something that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Plug mm -hmm. for the Genius app, however, is that the Genius app does have a song fingerprinting tool. So if you have the Genius app. You can, that is a one-stop shop. You can use that yeah. when you hear a song on the radio, and it'll pull up the Genius song page with all of the all the Genius content that you'd ever want about that song, so it's a pretty cool experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you uh, put together your licenses with the publishers, are you dealing with just the NMPA and they're representing all the publishers? No. Uh, yeah. So the way our licenses work is we work directly with all the, with the, with the three majors. We work with uh, Sony ATV EMI, we work with Universal Music Publishing, and we work with uh, Warner Chapel, and we have direct licenses with all of them. Uh, and then, it, at least our first round of licenses, everything else was rolled up through a model license that was an opt-in license through the NMPA, where we wrote a model license with, in collaboration with NMPA, with David and and Danielle Aguirre as their uh, general counsel, and uh, and then offered that out for a period for like two months they sort of promoted it to their membership and said this is a cool thing opt into this license and uh and you'll be part of this sort of genius license group and you'll be you know paid as your lyrics are used and all that mm -hmm. and so everything else is rolled up through that but we work we all of our publishing agreements with the majors are direct okay mm -hmm. and then i guess you had to when you put together the spotify deal that became a different type of license and you had to go back and explain Mm -hmm. We're doing this other thing now, or was that covered in the initial agreement? Great, great, great digging deep question. The uh, yeah, the the Spotify thing is one of those things where it was like, arguably maybe it was covered in our agreements. I had a conversation with someone at one of the music publishers when I first talked to him about it, where he was like, "This is fair use, guys," and I was like, <laughs> "Listen, whatever it is, our relationships with the music publishers are our most important strategic relationships." like we are super aligned in what we're trying to do in terms of what we're trying to do for and with songwriters and uh and so our policy has always been and will always be when we're trying to do something new and cool with a company like spotify which obviously has a very complex relationship with the publishing industry we're going to go to our partners at the publishers and we're going to tell them what we want to do we're going to make sure that they're okay with it we're going to make sure that it makes sense to them the way it's going to pay out and the way it's going to be structured and that's so that's what we did so we went we went to them and we and we made sure that everybody was on board and uh, and everybody was, and that's the thing. It's like if you're, you know, if you're down to do it the right way. Usually, you know, these guys are, uh, these these companies are more and more just very sort of thoughtful and creative about the way they're approaching this stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, and so we've had a good experience with them. When you when the company first started, you said you joined in 2013. End of 2013. End of 2013. Right. Before that, um, there were certain rounds of investment. Uh, I know they right. won. Sort of a this Y Combinator, sure. which is like a uh, uh, incubator, like an incubator, yeah. <laughs> yeah Hogwarts for startups. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's where uh, different startup <laughs> companies go and they basically compete for investment capital, and they get mm -hmm. uh, they get uh, what do you call it? Yeah. People give them uh, constructive criticism, yeah. and then yeah, they get advisors. They get connections to VCs out in the world and to other founders, and get the resources they need to launch the business and and really just get funding for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. from that, they um, Wikipedia said they got like yeah. 1.2 million dollars sure. in investment from that. Then sure. not too long after that, they got another. It said 15 million dollar yes. investment from. Andreessen, Andreessen Horowitz. Andreessen Horowitz, which yeah. in Silicon Valley yep. is one of the biggest 
Correct. Everybody bows to Mark, Mark, Mark Andreessen, Andreessen right? and Ben Horowitz. Yeah, they're like the guys. They're great. Uh, and you got $15 million from yeah. them. So did any of them know anything? I don't want to say anything like a generalization. Sure. Enough about the music industry sure. to know that there's going to be a, we're going to run into yeah. problems with the publishers. Did they know that was coming? Yeah, yeah. Those Even, guys are, as you can imagine, not dummies. <laughs> they, they, uh, uh -huh. yeah. Ben and Mark. Uh, I, I wasn't at the company when we actually closed that investment, but Andreessen Horowitz has been a key investor and partner for Genius. They've participated in every round of financing we've done, uh, and Ben. Horowitz uh, is on our board and was basically our original board member. Our uh -huh. ultimate advisor is a brilliant sort of general thinker about business and management and also happens to be a, a huge hip-hop head, huge music fan, uh, and literally has some of the music he recorded, uh, raps he recorded when he was a kid are on Genius, so check those out, right. people who want to uh, get a little closer to Ben Horowitz. Uh, so yeah, Ben understood the music business when 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 he invested uh in genius and knew exactly what we were getting into and i think believed that you know the the the, the challenge of working with you know other people's ip is also an opportunity because a lot of people don't want to do it because it's so such a pain it's so hard to like people are intimidated by music rights so it's when you're willing to dive headfirst into it sometimes that's a real opportunity and so, uh, yeah, they knew exactly what they were getting into. Okay. We have about two minutes left, so uh, we're going to have Taylor read one more tweet. I don't know if this is a Nat tweet. Let's give or... Nat a, Let's have Nat yeah. answer this so one. Let's, uh, here we go. Uh, Nicole Velas asks, right now there's a lot of students out there trying to expand their resumes. So my question is, what kind of internships does Genius offer to college students? Very good question. So Genius is actually, I always say it's its actually one of the best internship programs that you could possibly have in music or in entertainment because, you know, we like to think that our internships aren't, you know, asking interns to go fetch coffee or anything like that. We really sort of make them very specialized. And in particular, our content team offers a lot of opportunities for internships. So if you're interested in working with artist relations, for instance, and actually pitching artists to come into Genius and actually working with them once they're in, if you're interested in sort of video production or um, you know, editorial, social media, we offer all of those internships. We also have a technical internship as well, which uh, lets you work with our programming, or sorry, our product team um, on building the different sort of tech features on the site and elsewhere. So, you know, I would say our internship program gets announced every spring uh, in late March, and um, we start accepting applications as early as early April. And so, you know, check that out. We announce it everywhere once they're available. Um, and, you know, I think the sort of best way to learn about what we do is by actually just reaching out to us and asking, hey, I'm interested in what you guys do. I've been following you guys. How do I get involved? Mm -hmm. And and we used to, and hopefully we still do this, whenever anybody applied for a job, especially an internship, we would always say, what's your username? So my advice is make an account on Genius and start contributing. Be part of, be part of the yes. be part of the the community and really understand it. That make that goes a huge way with us. Like people who know what's going on and have contributed to the site have a real leg up. I also have to say that we've hired a lot of people from our internship. Sure. So um, shout out specifically sure. to to our colleague Jeff Soffer, who is an <laughs> NYU student, very talented guy, who's also on our video team, and he started out as an as an intern.
I believe Jeff Soffer is still 20, 20 years old, something like that. He's, right, he's right. Jeff Soffer's young. Hey, Jeff. Cool. Right. Well, we need to wrap it up, Dr. Stavon. Yes. We need to do that. And why is that? Because the show is over. Yeah. And because we're a little upset with What's Ben because us? of the words he didn't say. What is after us? Three, Three what? Three rope rambles. Rambles or ramble? <laughs> ramble, not plural, singular. But there are three of them, but they're singular. I don't like it. Three rope ramble coming up on Brave New Radio. Wow. <laughs> That's it. So, so we, who's next week? Next week, we have yes, a I guest. Know who have. <laughs> Tell me who we have. Human we have guest. our visiting expert. Oh, that's right. Industry expert. Every year, um, for the, about 10 years now, we bring in a person from the industry as our visiting expert. And they come in because we have uh, all the way from a bachelor's degree through an MBA now in music and entertainment industries. And I never liked the idea of somebody coming in with a styrofoam cup and saying, what do you guys want to hear? And there, you know, two hours went by and he's telling these stupid stories. <laughs> so what we usually, what we've been doing is we give them the curriculum for each course and then they can choose what they're going to talk about. And we sit back, Dave and I, in, in our respective courses, of course, we sit back and let them teach that day. So cool. this year we have someone from 300 Entertainment, actually the Very cool. head of legal and business, business affairs. affairs, and that's Mark Robinson. The Ben Gross almost. Wow. Of I wonder if I know Mark. Right. We <laughs> probably maybe do. do. We'll he ask spent him. time at Warner's. Yeah. He spent time... Several B places. BMG, Virgin. Sure. Yeah. But we gotta yeah, go. He was with Kevin Time's Lyles out. prior to, I guess, yes. at, uh, Universal somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's well, that. Well, anyway, Mark Robinson <laughs> will be in next week. Right, that's right. Uh, so... We need to thank Ben Gross. Thank you for being on, Ben Gross, My Chief pleasure. Strategy Officer of Genius. We want to thank Nat Guevara, who is, what, what do you call it? Media multi... Hold of Head of multi-platform. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We want to thank... I have four minutes. The uh, three brand <laughs> rambles needs to uh, come on next. So, yeah, what do they call it again? Three. The three tenors. Nope. Three rope ramble. Ramble, not bramble. Ramble. What, what do they do? Music? What kind of show is it? It's, oh, last three year the wrestling show. So we're the lead in for the wrestling guys. Sense. Okay. So, Ashley, thank you. So, Ashley, look at me. I'm talking to you, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley Weltner, program director. So, we got thank you, Ashley, for being here. Taylor Turner, can we give Taylor a big hand? Can we yes. Give, give, yay, yes. Taylor Turner. She really brought it tonight. She really. And we want to thank Banjo. There Banjo the dog. Sit down. Banjo. Banjo, no! Banjo loved that. So for Dr. Stavon Marconi and all the friends of Brave New Radio, I'm your professor, David Kirk Philpo, wishing you a wonderful musical week. We'll see yes. you next time, boys and girls, on Brave New Radio, Music Biz 101 and Moss. That's that. All done. That's the, that's the new ending. <laughs> I can't remember when You looked at me and cried Said something broke inside of you My best friend Whatever come my way You know I'm yours until the
Just say